Crossroads, good morning. How are you all doing? Everybody doing good today? Yeah, you ready to do this? Uh, I got to be honest, I'm wrapping up this Heroes series this week, and I'm going to miss walking into that bumper video because, man, it makes you feel like some kind of Marvel superhero, like, woohoo! Um, but I will say, can I just be vulnerable with you? Is it all right if I just have a moment of transparency where I just reveal to you all my insecurities and fears? Would that be all right if I have just a counseling session with you for just one minute? Um, yesterday, just last night, went to an event with Dana uh, that was kind of a more formal affair, apparently. I was planning on actually dressing in this outfit exactly uh, to this event, and Dana says, no. You have to dress up. You have to wear at least like a button-up shirt with, you know, buttons and look nice and fancy. And I was like, oh, okay. So we go and we're a little bit early and we're up kind of in the second level of this uh, event and we're watching the people walk into the, to the event. And, and as people are walking in, all of a sudden this guy shows up, he walks in and he's wearing like the exact same outfit. It's like, Dana, I could have worn my outfit. He looks fine. That's my guy. You know what her response was? She said, yeah, but he's wearing that shirt and it makes him look muscly. <laughs> Message received. Okay. She obviously needs glasses. Get her eyes checked. <laughs> so at least I feel like a hero. I walk into the superhero. I can feel like I'm a superhero, but I know better. I know reality. Now I know. Um, <laughs> but we're talking about being heroes. And we're realizing that as we've looked at some of the heroes of the Old Testament, um, that they all had character traits that we can put into practice in our lives. You can be a hero. It's not just for, you know, other people, other big, you know, strong, muscly people. Uh, you can be a hero too. And I think it's important for us to realize that, man, what, what, what Paul writes in Ephesians 2.10 is really important. It says that, that God created you with gifts and abilities that he's prepared for you to use for specific tasks in this moment of time. And I think that if we stop and, and think about the reality that God has created me for this moment, for this time in this generation with gifts and abilities specific to this time, I've been created by him, I've been created for him, my life has a purpose. If I can stop and, and just process that and realize God has called me to a task that that I need to step into, that is how you become a hero. That is how you live into the life that God created you for. That is how you be a part of his story. And I want all of us to be in the position where when God calls, we're ready to answer. We're ready to be a hero. And I don't want any single one of us here today to miss out on a single thing that God has in store for us. I want you to live into to God's story for your life. I want you to have a heart that is tender to the voice of God so that when he speaks, you listen. When, you, when he speaks, you don't find yourself ignoring it or, or re resisting what it is that he's calling you to. Knows that when he speaks to you, you're right there and your answer is, here I am, let's go, let's do this, I'm yours. Because that is the heart of a hero. And today we're talking about this idea, this concept that heroes guard their hearts. And this is a really important concept because at the end of the day, God doesn't care about your outward appearance, thankfully. Uh, God doesn't care about what you bring to the table. He doesn't even care about your money, your resources. He cares about your heart. That's what matters to him more than anything else. 
And I want to challenge you today. Guard your heart. Make sure that when, when God is speaking to you, when you hear that still small voice of the Holy Spirit nudging you, prodding you, challenging you to step out of your comfort zone, make sure that, that when he is speaking to you, that you listen. Because heroes guard their hearts. And a, and a heart that is tender to God is, is what impresses him more than anything else. I love the story of David. He was called the man after God's own heart. And uh, it says that, that God <laughs> sent Samuel to Jesse's house. He said, one of uh, Jesse's sons is, is going to be the next king. And they parade his sons before Samuel. And Samuel sees the first one. And he's like, oh, man, that guy's massive. He's, you know, muscly. And uh, <laughs> no, no, never mind. I'll just keep on going. Um, he's a muscly, good-looking guy. He's like, surely this is the Lord's anointed. And it wasn't. And they pass all the other sons by, and none of them were the anointed ones, right? And it's at that moment that Samuel goes, uh, Jesse, do you have any other sons? And he's like, oh, yeah, David's out. Watch the sheep. Let's get him out here. And sure enough, David was the one that God had chosen because he reminds Samuel in that moment, man, does, man judges people by their outward appearance. God judges them by their heart. And your heart, it really matters to Jesus. And I'm, I'm going to challenge you today to make sure that your heart is tender to the things of God. Make sure you are guarding your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart because it is the source for everything in your life. And I think we've just got to lean into that in our own lives and, and be ready and willing to listen when God speaks because that's how we live into God's story for our lives. That's how we live life to the fullest. And I want you to experience every single thing that God has for you today. In fact, I, I would submit this to you today I think that God is on the move all around us. We see revival sprouting up everywhere, and revival happens when our hearts are tender to the things of God, when we're willing to say yes, when we're willing to repent, lay things down at his feet in our lives that shouldn't be there, willing to step out in faith and say yes when he, when he calls us. And you guys, I want to experience that. If God's on the move, you better believe we're going to experience that, right? We're not going to miss that. Not on my watch. We're going to lean into what God is doing. So guard your hearts. And it's the source of everything in your life. That's what matters to God. You want to impress God, stay tender to his things in your life. Now, in the Old Testament, what we're walking through with these heroes uh, is the different uh, attributes that made them heroic. And when we talk about this idea of guarding your hearts, I think we tie this very significantly back to this moment in time in Exodus chapter 20 where God reveals his Ten Commandments to his people, the foundational building blocks to the Old Testament law. These were the foundational principles that challenged God's people to live the life that he was calling them to. And I think it's really, really important to, to focus on the reality that these were the foundational laws for the old covenant that God set up between God and his people. And I think it's, it's really, really important for us to know that Jesus represents the new covenant. In the old covenant, God sets up all these laws. And if you've been reading through the 365 challenge, reading through the Bible, you made it through Leviticus. Let's give yourselves a round of applause. You made it through Leviticus. Yes. Leviticus is my 66th favorite book in the Bible. <laughs> That's, you notice there's a positive spit on that, right? It's not the worst book in the Bible. There's no such thing as a worst book in the Bible. It's all inspired by God. But it can be my 66th favorite. All right, that's okay. Um, you've made it to numbers. It's like my 63rd favorite. Congratulations. It only gets better from here. Man, you read through all of the laws. There was a law and a rule for everything. And when you read through Leviticus, you're going, how in the world do you keep up with all these laws? What is this all about? And everything about that was trying to establish this idea that 
the people of God had to follow specific rules, offer specific sacrifice to maintain peace with God. It was how they could experience any kind of holiness and set, them, set themselves apart as the people of God. And every single year, sacrifice had to be made for sins. And this sacrifice, ultimately, it, it didn't really take away sin because they had to do it every single year. It ended up being a reminder every year that we have sinned. We have fallen short. This is the sacrifice we make to, to bring ourselves into a right place where we have peace with God. And it was this constant cycle of sacrifice year after year after year. And the new covenant, which is amazing that we should celebrate, is that Jesus is God's gift. Jesus comes down as the perfect sacrifice and says, I will pay the price for your sin. You don't have to make sacrifice any longer. Now it's not about the law. It's about your heart. Are you, are you loving me? Are you following me? Are you obeying me? The law is now written on our hearts. It's in our minds. Hebrews 10 talks about the fact that Jesus came and once and for all made the sacrifice for our sins so that we no longer are bound by this old covenant. I mean, it's an amazing thing that Jesus has done for us. But what it shifts the, the focus on is now I don't any longer have to follow all of these laws that God gave his people. I'm under a new covenant. I follow Jesus those laws are now written on my heart. And that's why what we're talking about is so incredibly important today. We have to guard our heart. Because our heart matters to God more than anything else. And I challenge you today with this idea that if your heart just remains tender to his voice, whatever you're navigating in life, whatever valley you're walking through, whatever you're trying to figure out, if you're trying to figure out what your purpose is, what God's calling you, who he's, he's asking you to be, I challenge you with this idea that if your heart just stays tender to the voice of God, he will lead you exactly where he wants you to go. You will experience everything that he has prepared for you in the story that he has for you. It's when we harden our hearts, when we try to live life on our own terms, that we stray off that path and, and we do way more damage than good. And so when God gives these 10 commandments to his people, what he is doing is he is offering protection to them. If you follow these commands, this will help you walk down the path through life that, that I have called you to. It is the best life that you could possibly hope to experience because it is life with God. It's life on his terms. It's, it's focusing on who he is and, and who he is calling you to be. It's based on obedience. I have a tender heart. And I'm guarding my heart so that it stays tender to the voice of God in my life. And so when it comes to God giving Moses the Ten Commandments, this is a big deal because it's foundational to all of these principles that, that God wants us to live by. And the setting for this is important. Make no mistake, it was a terrifying moment for all of the Israelites, for all of the people of God. They've been wandering through the wilderness for a little while now. God parted the Red Sea after allowing them to escape the Egyptians. Uh, he's been providing manna and food for them on a daily basis. There's the presence of God that's a, a cloud that guides them by day and fire by night. The tangible presence of God is with them. He leads them to this mountain, Mount Sinai, where it says in Exodus uh, 19, the presence of God just settles on this mountain. And it's this deep cloud with thunder and lightning and it's rumbling. And randomly it says there was the sound of a trumpet, you know, I don't know why, but there was a trumpet there. And I don't know why that's terrifying, except that I do have a 15 year old that practices his trumpet almost on a daily basis. And it is terrifying sometimes. <laughs> Small sidebar, he'll practice the same scale over and over again sometimes. Ba-ba-da-da-da-da-da. 
It's like, Carter, hey, you want to play a song or something? Just going to play scales? Like, yeah, whatever. Okay, so the trumpet can be terrifying. We'll just establish that. (laughs) The presence of God is on this mountain. It's tangible, it's real, it's terrifying. And it's in that setting that the people of God are terrified to come any closer. Moses says, I will go on the mountain and I will receive these commands that God wants to give us. So that's the setting, right? Clouds, lightning, thunder, trumpets sounding. Moses walks up the mountain to to be with God. And in Exodus 20, it records what what God told Moses. And I want to read through these. And I'm going to read through these kind of quickly today. But I want you to think about how the old covenant, the 10 commandments, I think in the Old Testament, God used those to protect the lives of his people. In the New Testament, God uses these commands to protect our hearts. And I just, I want you to lean in and can we just, even though we might zoom through these, can I ask you wherever you're at this morning, whatever you're going through, to just clear the mechanism, get rid of all the distractions, and just focus on on God's word for you today. And if If God speaks to you today, if the Holy Spirit begins convicting you, if he reveals an area in your life where you realize you have hardened your heart to his voice, can we just make a deal today that you'll listen to his voice? Don't listen to my words. Listen to what the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And if there's anything in your life that he reveals that you need to make right with him, listen, can we just make a deal? We're not going to leave this place today without making sure that our relationship with Jesus is up to date, that there's anything in our lives that's a barrier between us and him. And so if we're reading through these these laws, these commands that God gives us today, if you need to let something go, if you need to surrender that, let's be ready to lay that down at the feet of Jesus. It says in Exodus 20, then God gave the people all these instructions. I am the Lord, your God, who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God but me. Commandment number one then is this, be committed. God protects my heart by directing me to keep him first. No distractions, nothing else that takes a higher priority. It's God first. Command number one, don't allow anything to take the place of God in your life. Goes on to say, you must not make for yourself any idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or the earth or in the sea, you must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. I mean, what he is saying here is there is fallout. There's consequences when we try to do life on our own terms and it affects generations to come. But look at how he turns this around in verse six. He says, but I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. That's wild. That's the difference in in serving myself and serving God. That's, That's what the love of God can do in my life. It can change my family for generations to come. Command number two says, be surrendered. God protects my heart by making sure there is nothing more important to me than him. Again, he is my top priority. There's no other God before me. I don't worship anything else. I want to challenge you today. Make sure that there's nothing that's sneaking into your life that's taking a higher priority or a higher place in your life than your relationship with God. Because that's a a, a trap that the devil uses to, to get us off track 
and in a place where God never intended us to be. Be surrendered. Always be willing to say yes to Jesus. Verse seven goes on to say, you must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. What commandment three is saying is this in our day, how do we protect our our heart? We stay humble. When we misuse the name of God, what we're basically saying in in today's idea is, well, I know what's best for my life more than God does. I'm taking the name of God, the the word of God in my life for granted because I know what God is speaking to me, but I've got an idea of how I'm going to live my life and I think it's better. I know better. It's pride. It's pride and that's the sin that leads to everything. That is a slippery slope. You've got to stay humble. Some of you are like, well, Tim, I'm the most humble guy I know. (laughs) Gotcha. Boom. (laughs) need to pray. So be humble. God protects my heart by challenging me to overcome my pride in all seriousness. Um, whenever I am offered the opportunity to speak somewhere, and that applies to every week at Crossroads, one of the prayers I always pray before I go on a stage is, God, let the words that I say not be mine. May they be yours. It can't be me. It can't be about me. It can't be about my kingdom. It can't be about my ego. Because the minute that pride walks on the stage, I believe with all my heart, God walks off of it. We have to stay humble. It's got to be God who's moving and working in us. It's got to be God first. We have to remember who he is. And remember, (laughs) he's the creator. We are the creation, all right? Let's bring him all the glory and honor. Let's stay humble and not allow allow our pride to get in the way. So be humble. Now, verse eight, this is the one that everybody loves. This is the commandment like, oh, nailed this one. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. What commandment number four is saying is, rest. And you're like, took a nap yesterday. I'm on this one, (laughs) nailing it. I am the perfect Christian. Naps for days. I got this. Rest. God protects my heart. Get this now by not allowing me to become too busy. Uh, Let's make a deal here. I would contend with you today that if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. And when we don't take this commandment seriously of resting, of taking time to just rest, taking time to truly separate ourselves from the craziness of life and just listening to the voice of God, that's when we find ourselves in a dangerous place. We get burned out. We get stressed out. We get depressed. We get discouraged. And I want to encourage you, let's take this one seriously, focus on resting and not just taking a nap, but resting in the presence of God because it's hard to hear his voice when we're drowning it out with all the busyness and chaos of life. Lean into that one, rest. Uh, Verse 12, this one a lot of you are going to like as well. Parents, it says, honor your father and mother. Elbow your kids right now. Give them the stern look if you need to. That's a good one. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God has given you. This is such a great one because commandment number five really is saying, be respectful. God protects my heart by pushing me toward a life of honor and obedience. Well, you talk about having a heart that, that just overflows with character. It's a heart that is built on honor. It's a heart that is built on obedience. It's a heart that has respect. 
Now, sometimes God calls us to respect those in authority over us. And sometimes the people who are in authority over us, you got a boss that drives you crazy. How do you show that you're different? How do you be a light that shines in the darkness? Well, you be respectful. You are honor. You are, are obedient to the people that God has placed in your life. That makes your light shine brighter. Is that easy all the time? No, it is not. But when I live that way, that shows that God is with me. And he's saying, hey, this is the best way to live. Live with honor. Be obedient. Be respectful. Um, Here's where we get a little bit interesting. Verse 13 says, you must not murder. And many of you are like, yes, this is another one. Nailed it. This sermon doesn't even apply to me. This applies to everybody else but me. But here's the thing. Commandment number six is all about being forgiving. God protects my heart by challenging me to control my anger and to resolve conflict. This is, this is where it gets a little bit heavy. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six, uh, Jesus gets really specific about this. He says, listen, in the Old Testament, the old law, it said, do not murder. Jesus took this to the next level. He said, I tell you, if, if you have hatred in your heart toward your brother, you have actually committed murder in your heart. Notice Jesus is not talking about the outward law. What he's saying is, if you break the law inwardly in your heart, you're actually breaking the law just as if you had done it outwardly. And he's saying, hey, you got to guard your heart. Yeah, don't murder someone, but I'm saying don't even harbor hatred or bitterness in your heart. That grows roots that destroy your soul. You have to have an attitude of forgiveness. And I think we have to remember, man, we have been forgiven everything. God has forgiven us. And he calls us to forgive others the way that we have been forgiven. And when it comes to confrontation and conflict, nobody likes conflict. Least of all, do we like confrontation? Many of us avoid that at all costs. Like, ooh, I don't want that. And yet confrontation is how you resolve conflict. So I think you have two choices when you're dealing with someone who you need to forgive. You either can confront it and then figure it out so that you can let it go. Or if you don't have the guts to confront it, you're just going to have to let it go, all right? Because if you don't forgive, that's going to eat you up from the inside out. Forgiveness has no reflection on what anyone else has done to you. Reflection uh, of forgiveness is, is the outpouring of your heart. And I want to encourage you today, maybe even holding on to some bitterness and some hatred, maybe the first step for you is just to say, God, I need to forgive because it, it's holding you back. Don't let that grow roots in your heart. Don't let that destroy your soul. God protects my heart by challenging me to control my anger and to resolve conflict. So verse 14 says, you must not commit adultery. And again, you guys are like, okay, I think I'm good on this one. Well, here's commandment number seven. This is all about being faithful. God protects my heart by challenging me to be pure. Jesus addressed this as well. He said, hey, the law says don't commit adultery, but I'm saying don't even lust because if you break that law inwardly in your heart, it's just the same as breaking that law outwardly. And what we're called to is a level of purity, not even a hint of any impurity in our lives. And I'm gonna, can we just be real? The culture that we live in today, we have a whole generation that's been raised on the internet and the iPads and the iPhones. And we have so much that is available to the next generation in terms of pornography that it's just gotten a stronghold in so many lives that it's a pandemic of, of huge proportions. I want to encourage you, you can be pure. You can win that battle in your mind. I want to challenge you to, to step out and, and have a pure heart and overcome the, the habits and the addictions and the strongholds that you might be fighting in your life. You're not fighting that alone. We're, we're in this together. 
I'm so thankful that at Crossroads, we're part of a family that is able to do life together. Uh, any, any time that someone struggles with any kind of hurt, habit, or hang-up, we have Crossroads Recovery that meets at all of our campus. That's an amazing, yeah, let's get up for Crossroads Recovery. It's changing lives. People are willing to just be honest and vulnerable and open. And, and God is using that to break strongholds and addictions and help people to be free. We've got new groups like Alpha that are helping people learn about their faith and grow. We've got men's groups meeting on Saturday, doing life together. In Hebrews chapter 10, Man, the writer of Hebrews is talking about how important it is. Jesus has made this sacrifice so we can be set free once and for all. But he says, because he has done that, he goes on to say in Hebrews 10, don't forsake the gathering of yourselves together. You guys are better together. We encourage each other. We help affirm each other and grow together. We're in this together. You are part of an amazing family of people who love Jesus and are trying to do their best to follow him. Guard your heart and be a part of an amazing community, a church family that is committed to growing in our faith together. together. Be faithful, be pure. Don't allow any hint of impurity in your life and you're struggling that. We're here to help. That's what we do. So in verse 15, it says, you must not steal. This seems pretty basic as well, but commandment number eight is all about being content, not about being consumed by what everybody else has. Comparison is a killer, but it's challenging it to be honest, to, to truly just be content with what you have and honest enough to not be so overwhelmed and consumed by what everybody else has that, that you have this desire to take from others so that you can have more. Be content, be honest. In verse 16, it says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. This is all about being truthful. God protects my heart by challenging me to speak the truth and to not be easily offended. Boy, speaking truthfully, speaking honestly, it speaks to your character. It speaks to your heart. I challenge you today to be honest in all that God has for you. Honest with God, honest with yourself, honest with others. Honest with anyone who's calling you on the phone. Just be honest with them. You know, however, that, however that breaks down. In verse 17, it says this, you must not covet your neighbor's house. You must not covet your neighbor's wife, male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. Coveting, simple and, and similar to, to comparison and, and wanting what everybody else has. But man, the idea here is, is important too. Commandment number 10 is all about being thankful. God protects my heart by challenging me to have an attitude of gratitude. I'm, I'm more convinced than ever that thankfulness is foundational to a healthy relationship with God. If you have an attitude of gratitude, you can never stray too far from being thankful for all that God has done for you. You talk about leading to contentment. Man, I have everything that I need. God has been faithful. God has been good. And when you are thankful, when you are content, that allows you to live generously into, into the life that God has called you to. And when you are living generously, using your gifts and abilities and talents to invest in the life and the kingdom around you, the way that God has called you to, you're going to have even more to be thankful for because you're going to see God continue to show up. Thankfulness is so critical. It's so important to our relationship with God. And, and all of these commands point to guarding our heart. All of these commands point toward the significance of, of building foundations and principles in our life that are going to help us keep in step with who God is and who he's calling us to be. And I, I want to challenge you today to make sure that you are guarding your heart. You want to impress God? Stay tender to his voice. Be willing to say yes to him every time he speaks to you. And I want to encourage you today in two ways. Number one, the first part of this journey begins by saying yes to Jesus. You have to ask him to forgive you and set you free. 
The second part of this journey is making sure that your relationship to, with him is up to date, that there's nothing that's a barrier between you and your walk with him. That's how we set ourselves up for revival. That's how we set ourselves to experience the life that he created us for. And so step one is a beautiful step that I, I want to invite everyone in here to take with us today. If you're here today and you've been trying to do life on your own terms and you're realizing, man, there's more to this life than what I've been called to, what I've been experiencing, I want to encourage you in this moment to take the opportunity to say yes to Jesus, to experience his love in your life, the hope that he has for today, for tomorrow, for eternity, to be forgiven and to be set free. Every week at Crossroads, we close by saying this prayer together. And I just want to invite you in this moment, if that is you, if you're desperate for the hope of Jesus in your life and you want to be forgiven, you want to be set free, I want to invite you to join us all in saying this prayer because it says in Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your heart, Jesus is Lord. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And that changes everything. And if that's you today, I just invite you. Would we all just be willing to say this prayer together? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. That is a prayer that changes everything. That's a prayer that invites the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, to come into your life, into your heart, to forgive you and, and to set you free. That changes everything. But here's the thing. It doesn't end there. That's actually where the journey begins. And we have to be committed to guarding our heart. We have to be committed to staying focused, to listening to his voice, because that's what heroes do. You want to be the hero that God called you to be? You got to guard your heart. And what that means is that you have to stay tender to the voice of God. When he speaks, you listen. When he asks you to step out of your comfort zone, to take a step of faith, you say, here I am. When he asks you to, to repent, to say, God, I'm sorry, I've allowed this to be in my life and it can't be there. He, he asks you to turn away from that and start walking down the path that he created you to live on. And these are, these are beautiful moments where we have the opportunity to lean into the voice of Jesus in our lives. These are beautiful moments where we can say, God, I've hardened my heart to your voice in a couple areas in my life. And maybe as we've been talking through the Ten Commandments, maybe as we've invited the, the presence of God to meet with us here today, he's been speaking to you today and you know that. I, I have to challenge you today. Listen, as your pastor and as your friend, if God's speaking you today, listen to his voice. It doesn't do anyone any good to, to keep God at a distance, to try holding on with your own pride to the way that you've been living when you know that God's calling you to something else. It, it doesn't do anyone any good, least of all you. And I would just say today's the day. If God's speaking to you, now is the time to lay some things at the feet of Jesus, to say yes, to turn to him and, and, and make some changes. Don't leave today if God's speaking to you without approaching him and making some changes that he's asking you to make sure you're guarding your heart, that it's tender to his voice and to his leading and his moving in your life. What I want to ask is that as we come to a close today, would, would you be willing to just bow your head and close your eyes with me? Because I, I want us to embrace a moment together with Jesus. And I'm going to ask that Joanna sings this song with us, that we sing this song about making room in our hearts for him. I think those words are so appropriate for this moment. For us to just take the opportunity to lean in to who he is, what he is speaking into our hearts. And 
and just to be willing to say yes. And if it's a moment of repentance, of turning away from something in your life that you know shouldn't be there, man, walk away from that with your head held high because when, when God forgives you, he separates that sin as far as the east is from the west. How amazing is that? You don't have to walk any longer in guilt or shame. You can be immediately free. Man, lay that down at the feet of Jesus. If you've been dealing with a stronghold in your life, you're dealing with a hurt, a habit, a hang-up, whatever it is, lay it down. Walk away free of that today. If God's asking you to take a leap of faith and you're scared to death, it's wildly uncomfortable, but you know he's calling you to it, whatever you've been resisting, would you just guard your heart today? Stay tender to his voice. Say yes. With heads bowed and eyes closed, would you just draw close to Jesus in this moment? Joanna, sing this song. Let's just take some time in prayer, drawing close to him. Here is where I lay it down, every burden, every crown. This is my surrender, this is my surrender. over each of you today as we take an opportunity now to draw close to Jesus. I, it's been heavy on my heart that we as a people, we as a church, can as individuals and as a group maintain hearts that are tender to the voice of God. Guys, guard your hearts. It's the source of everything in your life. It's what Jesus cares about more than anything else. And I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you today that we would listen to the voice of Jesus, that our answer would be yes, that our attitude would be, God, here I am. Because that's how God sparks revival. That's how God makes a move. And I'm convinced more than ever that God will take us as far as we let him. Man, if we have tender hearts to his voice, we're ready to follow, willing to obey. I can't even imagine the places that God will take us if we're fully committed to him. So let me pray a prayer of blessing over you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? God, I, I just thank you for meeting us here today. I'm asking God that in this moment, you would just break any strongholds that are represented here today. God, in your power and might, just break them down. God, my prayer is that people can leave today in victory, walking with heads held high, because there is no barrier between us and you any longer. There is peace. 
because of what you have done for us and our willingness to embrace and, and follow you. God, I'm asking that you would empower people, give every, every single person here courage who's recognizing in your still small voice that you're challenging them to take a step away out of their comfort zone. You're, you're challenging them to take a leap of faith. God, be with them. Fill them with your wisdom and with your love and with your power and with your strength, God. Give them the courage to step out and take those, those leaps of faith that you are calling them to. God, bless them in every way. God, guard our hearts. May we not allow anything in our lives that becomes a barrier between us and you, God. May we leave knowing that we are walking with you, that we are living life to the fullest because we're living out the plan that you have created us for. God, may our answer always be and continually be today, yes to you, Jesus. God, would you bless us and keep us? Would your face shine upon us and be gracious to us? God, turn your face toward us in this moment as we draw close to you and God, fill us with your peace. God, we love you. We thank you and we praise you. We pray this in your name. Amen.